For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can you believe this? Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Welcome in and what the Pell is up, everybody. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Before we get started, make sure you are subscribed and you follow this podcast depending on where you are listening. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a rate and a review. Again, that really, really helps us out. And go tell a friend about the pod. Uh, we always appreciate any way that this podcast is shared to Pelicans fans or NBA fans in general. Also, like I said, still working on those sponsorships, getting the kinks worked out of those. But if you are looking to sponsor any brand, any any company that you own or are affiliated with, feel free to hit us up. Once again, it's at Elliot Clough on Twitter. DMs are always open to sponsorship offers, and you can email me as well. It's Elliot Clough at Gmail. Dot com. Stay tuned for that. We're really excited about our future partners and, and to get going with that on this podcast. Also, we'll be starting a YouTube sort of situation with the pod. Still trying to figure out the logistics of that, how that's going to look. Uh, but, but stay tuned for that. If you missed the show at any point in time, we'll be doing short little clips on my YouTube page. In the meantime, you can subscribe. Once again, it's just Elliot Clough, that page on YouTube. So I'm sure... Y'all know by now, you NBA fans out there, but if you're just looking at Pelicans news, I'm assuming you haven't heard. Nate, I want to say, I want to say his last name is pronounced Bjorkren. I got the head coaching job in Indiana, so it is not going to be Chris Finch leading the Pacers this upcoming season. Chris Finch, of course, being the associate head coach for the Pelicans since 2017 with Alvin Gentry. So... Possibilities there. Maybe Vin, maybe Finch returns to the Pelicans this upcoming season. Maybe he joins another staff. Apparently, uh, I saw one of my friends who covers the Pacers on Twitter said that it's possible to Finch that Finch will join the staff in Indiana as well. But we'll see. He, he still very well could be in the running for the Houston or the Thunder job. But and again, there's there's other head coaching positions that were filled this offseason that might be looking for a guy like Finch to be added to their staff. L.A., the Bulls, of course, like I said, the Pacers, and then you know the Thunder and the Rockets are looking for head coaches. And Chris Finch has been a coach on the Rockets staff before, back when McHale, Kevin McHale was the head coach for Houston. So I'm assuming, much like the rest of you, I haven't heard a lot about Chris Finch in my time covering 
the Pelicans. We know who he is. We know his philosophy is very offensive-centric. He's, like I said, the associate head coach, and he's done a lot of coaching in his career. Played some D3 basketball back in the day as well. We know he's high up. He was high up on Gentry's staff, and we know he's been in the running for some other head coaching jobs around the league this offseason. But we don't really know to the degree what value Finch brought has brought, not just in 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 New Orleans, but in his career in the NBA and in the G League and, and overseas as well. So in order to do that and to really elaborate and give him the credit that he deserves for his position with the Pelicans and with these other teams, we got to know what he's done, who he's been around, and his philosophies, a little bit more about his philosophies. And, and to start, one thing to definitely take away in doing a little bit more research about Chris Finch is he's been compared to, guess who, Nick Nurse a lot. And we've made references to Nick Nurse on this podcast. For those of you who knew, who are new listeners, I went to the University of Northern Iowa. Nick Nurse went to the University of Northern Iowa. So I'm pretty, pretty proud about that, as uh, Antonio Daniels clearly noticed when he was on the podcast just about a month ago. But anywho, like I said, Finch coached in Europe in the G League, and he's been an assistant in the NBA with the Nuggets, the Rockets, and the Pelicans. And to put some substance to all of those places, Finch made the offense improve no matter where, no matter when, no matter who. And that's not a little thing. I mean, why else would he be heading up the offense and Jeff Bedzelik be taking over the defense while Alvin Gentry was the head coach in New Orleans? Obviously, Gentry had a pretty big influence on the Offensive side of the ball as well, being a protege or, or guy who came from the Mike D'Antoni coaching tree. But anywho, Finch is in a way kind of like Will Weaver, who you know that I like so much and you know that I would probably prefer him being an assistant rather than being a head coach. But nonetheless, I do like him a lot. I think he brings a lot to the table. And for Finch, who is much more experienced in the NBA, much more experienced as a coach in basketball, he's also a super innovative guy. So he's always on the cutting edge, always ahead of the rest of the league. And I mean, we saw him break down plays that that corner three for J.J. Redick in Pelicans playback that Fox Sports New Orleans put on so well during the hiatus that we had between the regular season and the bubble. But Anywho, Finch is is very much, rather than just being innovative collectively or, or, or whole-mindedly as a basketball coach, he's very, very offensive-minded. Finch is a guy who likes to put pressure on opposing defenses via ball movement, via three-point shots, and pace. And this is the case, like I said, with every single team that he's coached. Now, if I'm going to be honest, I didn't look too much into the European leagues just for fact of where more than likely you, the fan, are, and myself, I mean, are more than likely not going to notice the names, not going to recognize the names that he was coaching. Um, but G League affiliates, you know, NBA teams, all that stuff. So, so we'll talk 
his experience in the G League and then his experience as an assistant and how that affected those teams. Um, and we'll go from there. So we'll start, like I said, with the G League. Finch led the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, who are a Houston Rockets G League affiliate, in his first year as head coach to a 34 and 16 record in their first postseason appearance in the franchise's history, the, the short-lived G League, what we know it to be at this moment in time. It was the D League at that point, but still, still, it's it's the G League. I mean, <laughs> we're calling it the G League, and it's the same thing, effectively, other than being known as the Gatorade, Gatorade League rather than Development League, where we currently sit. And not only was it the team's first appearance in the postseason, they also won the G League title. So Chris Finch really basically doing a worst to first in this situation because, well, 12th to first, if you will. Chris Finch took over the Grand Rio Grande Valley Vipers and took them from the 12th placed team in the NBA G League out of 15 teams at the, at the time, need I mind you, and took them to not only first in the regular season, but the championship in the G League that year. So very impressive coaching performance by Chris Finch there. And not only, obviously, they move up in the standings, they moved up in just about every single offensive statistical category. So 11th to 1st in offensive rating, 13th to 2nd in net rating, 12th to 10th in defensive rating, which is obviously different than offensive rating, but still good. 13th to 2nd in assist percentage, 8th to 1st in turnover ratio, and 15th which is dead last in the league to first in the league in effective field goal percentage. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's kind of a basketball technical analytical sort of term. So if I'm going to read this straight up from BreakthroughBasketball.com, just so we're all on the same page, but effective field goal percentage is a measurement of how successful your team is from the field. This metric provides a more complete picture of the game situation than standard field goal percentages because three-point shots are given extra weight. So it puts f emphasis on the three-point shot because obviously it's worth more. We know that. That's just a very analytical term, analytical way of looking at basketball. And, and Chris Finch, to boot, on top of everything that I've said about his offensive prowess as as a coach as a head coach and as an assistant and as an associate head coach in New Orleans is that he's very analytically based and like I said about him being an innovative guy on the cutting edge of basketball of of making basketball more efficient making offense better tiring out the defense he's still on the cutting edge in terms of analytics too he's not super old he is an older guy but he is very aware of the importance of analytics and and how many other teams use analytics in today's basketball so finch while being a little bit older older might be a stretch i just looked it up he's 50 years old but anywho, he puts an emphasis on analytics, and you can you can definitely use that. I mean, he's older than Dave Jorger and older Jaeger, whatever you, however you pronounce that. Older than Tyron Lue by seven years, believe it or not. But uh, anywho, analytics guy. That's the basis of what I'm getting at. <laughs> but he has been in the league for quite a while. So he was an assistant with the Houston Rockets from 2011 
to 2016. So he's on the bench there with Kevin McHale for a good amount of time. And in that time frame, he was an ass assistant head coach <clears throat> for four years and an associate head coach for one. So in that in that sort of time frame, Finch did lead the offensive side of the ball for the Houston Rockets. And in that time, he got to work with James Harden. He got to work with Dwight Howard. He got to work with some other pieces that pushed some of the best teams in the West. I mean, this Kevin McHale-led Houston Rockets were better than sometimes we like to give them credit for because we automatically think of D'Antoni with Harden and with Chris Paul and, and all the shooters and the efficiency of the offense. But Chris Finch really started off this team looking somewhat like it has as of late because he's such an innovative mind. He did lead this team on the offensive ball, on offensive side of the ball for, I mean, three, four, five years. And in that transition, I mean, like I said, offensive philosophy is really similar to Mike D'Antoni's. So the transfer was it's kind of seamless. The transfer transfer of power, I guess, if you if you will, from McHale to Mike D'Antoni. And that applies some of the appeal for Finch is because, like I said, he is innovative and he's just so offensive minded and he's really known for that. And if you can be comped to Mike D'Antoni on the offensive side of the ball, that's probably a good thing. Now in reference to that, before we move on to his tenure with the, the, the Denver Nuggets from 2016 to 2017, I like that as an associate head coach. When I'm talking about Chris Finch here, I'm not talking about Chris Finch as a head coaching candidate for the Pelicans. That time has come and gone unless any there's any sort of surprise and, and we're really knocked off our feet with a hiring of Chris Finch because I don't see that happening anytime soon. But what they're losing here if he does decide to move on or what they're retaining if he decides to stay in New Orleans with the new head coach is offensive expertise offensive schemes that have been used and tooled and retooled for years. And it's it's something that I like at an assistant position for the New Orleans Pelicans. With their new head coach, they have to, this new head guy has to be defensive oriented, defensive minded. The sense of urgency, the sense of want, the sense of desire on the defensive side of the ball has to be there for the Pelicans going forward. Whether it actually results in wins, whether it actually results in a playoff appearance or or a high seed, even a, a top. 5-6 seed this coming season, uh, God willing, is not necessary, at least initially. It just it has to be put into the culture because it's not in the culture right now. Accountability and defense kind of go hand in hand. And right now, the Pels, they obviously don't have either one. So with this philosophy, I really like it as an associate head coach or an assistant head coach being brought to the table next to a defensive-minded guy. Because in the end... D teams that are really good defensively and make adjustments are the ones that stick around long term, i.e. the Los Angeles Lakers, i.e. the Miami Heat, i.e. why the Bucks got bounced in the second round by the Miami Heat. One of the reasons because they're great defensively, but they do the same damn thing all year and don't make any adjustments. And so if you get a defensive minded head coach that's willing enough to make adjustments in on the fly in the moment 
and you can get an offensive-minded associate who can run the offense well, like Chris Finch does, push the pace, I like that pairing. And we'll get to that more at the bottom of today's show. But anywho, in talking about Finch and, and the Rockets, I could see that happening as well, him going to the Rockets to be a head coach, because, I mean, if him and James Harden have a good relationship, that could definitely come back to fruition. And I don't see the the Rockets going for a defensive-minded guy. I mean, if it's Jeff Van Gundy, it's Jeff Van Gundy, by all means. But this is what they are. This is what we know them to be. James Harden, I mean, I've made reference to the Game of Zones multiple times. If you are a Game of Zones fan, you've seen the episode where James goes to meet Mike D'Antoni and D'Antoni has an entire library based on offense. And Harden goes, you must need a whole nother office for defense. And Mike D'Antoni goes, defense? <laughs> like, I say half the defense, double the offense. And Harden just absolutely loves it. So that's pretty much to a T what kind of coach he's going to want. And Chris Finch is going to be that kind of coach. Now for... His tenure with the Denver Nuggets, Chris Finch was absolutely pivotal to this team's growth. And I got to give credit to Preston Ellis for pointing this out to me. I I wasn't aware of it, but he really did an excellent job of pointing out how good Chris Finch was and is on the offensive side of the ball. You can check out his article on the Bird Rights. Preston really went elaborate on that one and did an awesome job. He's kind of advocating. That was part of our advocation for who should be head coach going forward in New Orleans. And in that article, he was advocating for that as such. I'm not sure if that's what he still believes or not, or if he does think Chris Finch would be a good fit for the Pels at the head coaching position. I don't. That's clear. Anyway, as associate head coach for the Denver Nuggets, Chris Finch was there from 2016 to 2017, just one season under Mike Malone, and he's really well known for the development of Nikola Jokic. We all know the Joker. We all know he's he's the best passing big probably ever in the NBA. He's extremely versatile. He can shoot. He, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but he's very, very skilled, and he has all the tools offensively. And Chris Finch really is one of the people that brought that out of him, really instilled that into what the Denver Nuggets want to do. And, I mean, at that point in time, they were running a lot of pick and roll with, with Wilson Chandler and another player who's escaping me. But Finch saw that the offense wasn't as efficient as it could be because Jokic was still making incredible passes on cuts. And Finch saw this, his capabilities of the offense, and changed up the system. And what was, like I said, a pick-and-roll offense really switched their emphasis and made it more cutting-based with Jokic on ball and the other guys off ball, cutting to the basket, getting open for three-point shots. And Chris Finch did that really, really well in Denver. Obviously, they're still using probably, I'm assuming, some sort of something uh, something similar to that. Because why wouldn't you with Jokic on ball? Yeah, so, so Finch obviously showing a different way for him or how he's been innovative on a different staff. Now, in his tenure with... The New Orleans Pelicans. We'll, we'll talk first about what he's done before and, and make it clear as to what he brings to the table with some of the stats and some of the, the placement of these stats 
in reference to the rest of the NBA here in a second. But starting his career in 2017 with New Orleans Pelicans, his tenure with the New Orleans Pelicans, I should say, Finch came at pretty much just the right time. This is when DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis pairing was around. There was some good memories for New Orleans Pelicans fans, one of the few good memories that we have while it did last. But we know it worked prior to Boogie's injury. Not a lot of coaches can make that work. Two bigs with that type of talent. The move in itself was insane. I remember this. This is before I started covering the Pels. I remember just being floored that that happened. And somehow they made it work with Twin Towers-esque type of players, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, two of the best bigs the league's seen in the last decade plus and on the same team. That's just insane to me. I don't know how they did it. But prior to Boogie's injury that season, the Pels had gone 24 and 16. And Davis and Cousins were on pace to become the first teammates in NBA history to average at least 25 points and 10 rebounds in the same season. They accounted for at least 20 points and 10 rebounds in the same game 13 times that season and record an 11 and 2 record in those games. And not only did it work with Boogie, but the Pels went out and got Nico Miritich and it continued to work. Did it work probably to the degree that it would have had Boogie been around and been available? I don't think so, but we know how much Miritich how much value he brought to this team cuz he was damn good and I would have loved to see him return to New Orleans right now because he's just I love Nico Miritich. That dude is, he's good. Anyway, it continued to work after that with Miritich, with Anthony Davis, and the Pels went 48-34, and 34, swept the Trailblazers in the first round, and that's the thing that we all refer to <laughs> as being <laughs> the most successful season in Pelicans history. Not really, but uh, one of the better seasons in Pelicans history and one of the cooler moments in the franchise's time in New Orleans. Now, to where we're at this season, Chris Finch, I mean, we talk about his his efficiency, his emphasis on the offensive side of the ball, and this is really where it's going to hit home, folks, is the fact that the Pelicans ranked second in pace, fifth in fast break points per game. They led the league in three-point shots t- taken, fifth in three-point shots made, fifth in points per game, third in assists per game, fifth in catch-and-shoot per- points per game, second in passes per game, and first in assists per game. So I mentioned it at the top of of Chris Finch being a guy who really, really points to and puts an emphasis on pressuring opposing defenses via ball movement, three-point shots, and pace. And if you didn't deduce that from everything I just said, I don't know what to tell you. And we, we talked about passes and and assists there and that's that ball movement we talked about three-point shots taken and made we talked about pace and and pace really lines up with what the pelicans did in terms of fifth being fifth in fast break points per game and obviously second in pace so finch really tooled this offense to be a get it and go kind of offense not set up in the half court not get down there to get into the pick and roll and just let Brandon Ingram or Zion work. Sometimes they had to do that. Obviously. I mean, when you have players of that talent, that's just something you're going to have to do. But Finch 
was really important for this roster, really important for this staff in instilling this offense. Obviously, Alvin Gentry had his hand in it as well. But Finch was very important, and he will be very important for either the Pels or another team this upcoming season. Don't get it twisted. He's going to be on a staff one way or another, whether it's with the Pelicans or not. But to, to bring it back, to bring it all back, not just to Chris Finch, but to the New Orleans Pelicans, what we're saying here is the fact that offense has been the clear focus in New Orleans under Gentry and under Finch in the last few years. Now, should the Pels go out the route, go out and go the route of grabbing a defensive-minded head coach, which obviously you heard me say it earlier, I think they should do. Switch up philosophies, make defense the primary focus. That coach would be Stan Van Gundy or Jamal Mosley, more than likely. Will Weaver does put an emphasis on defense, but SVG has really put it together and made it apparent that he's good at that. I mean, being his teams were top 10 in the league defensively pretty much perennially and Jamal Mosley being a defensive coordinator for the Mavs for the last six years. So those would two would be my guy, the guys at the moment, if you're going to go defensive focus rather than holistic focus, like Will Weaver. Anyway, should the Pels go that route? Should they grab a defensive minded head coach? It'd make sense to retain Finch and have that emphasis on the defense and the offense be palpable. That's, that's what makes sense to me. That's what really would keep things even. And like I said, it would be holistic, but there would be individuals that have emphasis on those specific parts of the game. And in that situation, if you bring in a defensive-minded or defensive-oriented head coach and you keep the offense the same, that makes it easier for the younger guys to get acclimated, to get used to the situation they're in rather than just switching it all up. And yes, it is basketball. It's not like we're, <laughs> it's not rocket science, but the more you can help these young guys, the more you can help make things have some sort of continuity that's that's really going to be good. That's really going to help a lot. And and Chris Finch is a guy who was with Alvin Gentry and will probably embody a lot of the things that Gentry brought, but SVG can still be the hard ass. You know, this is something that I've emphasized. This is something that I like about SVG. And I'm really assuming that they hire him and I'm really hoping that they hire him, but, but we'll see here. Now, the likelihood of this all happening isn't necessarily super high, just because Finch is a well-known and well-liked commodity throughout the NBA. And one way or another, like I said, he's going to get a job, whether he stays in New Orleans or not. It's a possibility. Like I said, it's not super, super likely, but the potential's there, the possibility's there, whether or not he even gets along with SVG or whoever they bring in for their next head coach is a whole other thing. But this is a guy who, like I said, is 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 well-known and is respected throughout the league for his offensive prowess. So this is a guy that SVG should trust and I'd like to think would trust knowing what he brings to the table. And I mean, bring in SVG, Chris Finch, Will Weaver, and Kenny Atkinson, and this is a dream scenario. You get Sam Cassell, this is a dream scenario. I love that. I mean, maybe even bring in Brett Brown. <laughs> That's a lot of egos, so maybe not, but you can make a, a, a dream scenario with some of these available coaches 
with SVG at the helm, who again has been coaching for a long time. So these younger guys would have a lot to learn from him. These guys who haven't been head coaches very long or haven't been head coaches at all would have a lot to learn, but at the same time could bring a lot to the table from their different experiences. So I like Finch. I really like Finch. There's this is a these are strong cases to be made. I mean, I'm just gonna reference those G League stats one more time because if they didn't hit you that first time or if you weren't quite paying attention, I'm going to have you listen right now because they personally kicked my freaking ass when I heard them, is that Chris Finch led the Vipers from being 12th in the standings out of 15 teams in the G League to first, 34-16 and 16 record and first postseason appearance. Not only their first postseason appearance, but they won the freaking title in the G League. 11th to first in offensive rating, 13th to second in net rating, 13th to second in assist percentage, 8th to first in turnover ratio, and 15th, dead last to first, in effective field goal percentage. So, we've been talking on this podcast a lot about the emphasis on defense, and and I just did. I just hammered it home twice, and we've been talking a lot about it here on the podcast a lot in general. But... We can't forget the fact that this is a pretty freaking young team. And they still have a lot to learn offensively. Was the offense good? I mean, I'm not going to go over a bunch of stats again, but based on what you heard where the Pelicans ranked this last season in all those statistical categories, yes, it was good. Could it be better in a lot of areas? Could it really improve in the half court? Absolutely. Can they improve their turnover ratio? Absolutely. Should they continue to be fast-paced with Lonzo at the helm and Zion running the floor? Yes, freaking yes. So, I have no misgivings about retaining Chris Finch. I really, really like it. Does it happen? Again, I'm not positive, but if it does, sign me up. Sign me up. If you can make it work, if you can make the personalities work, he's a guy that these young guys know, too. It won't be completely new. You gotta have trust with these young guys. You gotta have trust. And if they already have somebody that they trust, that's great. And if he em- exemplifies the fact that he trusts Stan Van Gundy, Jamal Mosley, Will Weaver, whatever, whoever the next head coach is, then things start to move along. It doesn't become just based on basketball. It becomes based on people. And I've said it before on this podcast. We forget these players are people. And if you bring in a name that these guys already know in Chris Finch, it makes things just a little bit easier and in the nba we know it's a game of inches you make things just a little bit easier that's an edge that your opponents simply do not have so that is today's episode folks i'm really hoping we get some news on this front i i you know i'm not pulling out of the bottom of the barrel by any means this is some relevant news considering the indiana pacers hire and whether or not chris finch will be available but I'm really hoping for a Pelicans hire here soon so he can get moving. Uh, I said it before. I was getting kind of tired of talking about it, but I, I really do never tire of talking to the Pels, talking to the Pels. I never tire of this podcast. I really enjoy it. I really have a lot of fun. So here's another appreciation shout out to all of you who have been listening and who will listen in the future. So before you go, make sure to follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. You're going to be getting all the Pelicans content there. Of course, you'll be able to see links to the pod, Spotify, Apple podcast, stuff like that. Otherwise you can find it on Stitcher, Google play, wherever you're listening 
to this podcast or where you're listening to any other podcasts. Also, while you have that podcast up and in front of you, hit that subscribe and or follow button so you can get notified when there is a new podcast up and available. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, make sure to leave a rate and then on Apple Podcasts specifically. I don't think you have this on Stitcher, but go to the bottom and hit write a review. Do it! Leave one there. That really, really, really helps us out and we really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking for any other podcasts to listen to, go check out Believe.com or just search Believe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening. It's B-L-E-A-V. And you can always check out some more Pelicans articles on the bird rights it's the birdrights.com it's sb nation's pelicans affiliate i will put preston's article in the description if you want to learn a little bit more take a little bit deeper of a dive on chris finch now i might put together a youtube video on this i might go back and put together a, a short youtube video on the three favorites for the coaching position or ranking them we'll see one way or another we will get started on that sooner rather than later so Head over to YouTube, subscribe to Elliot Clough. Folks, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.